0: Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the show. I'm Dieter Melhorn, and I'm your host. If this is your uh, first time checking out the podcast, I appreciate you stopping by and checking it out. Uh, we're talking about fishing, talking all about fishing. Uh, a lot of catfish stuff, a lot of striper stuff a lot of kitchen bait stuff, uh, a little bit of salt water, a little bit of everything. But yeah, it's just really about the fishing lifestyle and uh, my lifestyle, living on the water, living near the water and everything that's around it. So I appreciate you checking it out. Hopefully you got some good stuff here that is entertaining to you and gives you some good information about fishing. I'm trying to up the game on these things a little bit. And this will be one of them where I'm actually bringing in a guest. Uh, A lot of the ones that I've done in the past, I've done a few where I've had guests. But most of them, a lot of them have been me and uh, I'm going to make a commitment to do more and more of these with guests just because, well, I get tired of hearing myself talk sometimes and there's a lot of good information to get from other people out there and I enjoy talking with other people, interviewing them, getting information from them and I think you guys will like it too. So that's what I'm going to do today. But before we get to that, I'll give you a little bit of information in case you need to get a hold of me. Uh, I know I've got a YouTube channel. i got a Facebook page. It's very easy to communicate there, uh, except on my YouTube channel where YouTube turns off my comments arbitrarily on different ones with no reason or anything, but that's a whole other story. Um, but there's very defined avenues for communication. Here on podcasts, it's a little more difficult. So what I ask people to do, if you want to reach out to me, send me an email, tell me you hate the show, love the show, here's an idea, we love more of this, whatever. Go to my website, DieterMelhornFishing.com. You go to the website. There is a contact section on there where you can email me, you can text me. There's also links to my YouTube videos. There's links to the podcast here. There's also links to my other social media on Facebook and Instagram. So go check that out, DieterMillhornFishing.com. And there's even links to my gear on there. I've got a page that has a bunch of different fishing gear that I use that you see in the YouTube videos. There's Amazon affiliate links in case you want to buy any of the stuff. So all that stuff is on the website. So now that that's out of the way, the housekeeping, uh, I'm going to tell you who we're going to talk with today. Uh, Lyle Stokes. He is a guy from the catfish world uh, that has been around for a good long time. Uh, I've known him uh, online in a virtual sense for a good long while, all the way back to the catfish one days, uh, which was the old chat groups that they had on the Internet. Some of you young guys won't know what that is, but that's where we first started to communicate a lot in the catfish community, just uh, sharing knowledge and learning stuff on the Internet. And uh, that was quickly killed by Facebook. And uh, I think Catfish 1 is still around. It still exists, but not that many people frequent it anymore. But since then, uh, we've gone on to become pretty good friends. Uh, he is the host of a long-running show on YouTube called Catfish Weekly. It comes on every Monday night at 8 p.m. And, uh, that's where I first came in contact with him when I started my YouTube channel. He reached out to me, invited me to be on the show. And, uh, since then I've been on there several times and I've actually done some live remotes when he's been at the catfish conference. So, uh, and then I get to see him, you know, well, only about once a year at the catfish conference is the way it works out. But a uh, great guy. We talk on the phone a lot. Um, outside of just fishing for catfish, he has a very good knowledge of the, Rod industry. He builds custom catfish rods and uh, he's done that for many years. These are uh, a higher end uh, specialty rod that is designed for a lot of them are bottom bouncing. I guess some of them are casting rods. He can pretty much build you anything, uh, but he has a very good knowledge and understanding of the fishing rod industry. So I thought he would be somebody great to sit down and talk with. And go over some of the details, intricacies, things that go on in the catfish world. Anybody, uh, and really this goes to anybody outside of just catfishing. This is really anybody out there that's doing any kind of fishing. Uh, you got to have a fishing rod, unless you're throwing an ad or something like that. But generally, you got to have a fishing rod. And uh, there's some good information in here on the industry, how it works, how the rods are built, what are the different types of rods. And uh kind of where we've come from, where we're at, and where we're going to. So let's see what Lyle Stokes has to say. All right, Lyle. So tell me how you got into
1: building fishing rods. Well, Peter, it, it started in the early 1980s. I was doing a lot of trout fishing. We lived pretty close to Bennett Springs. And, um, uh, I, I always use spinning rods and spinning reels. And I wanted to learn to fly rod, to use a fly rod. And we had in around our area is one of the, the world greatest, uh, fly rod builders. Uh, his name is Charlie Redding. And I rebuilt the motor and transmission in his car for a fly rod that he built. I still have that rod today. And, um, after I had used it for a while and, uh, was back starting up in that year in tournament uh, bass fishing i asked him to build a bass rod for me and he wouldn't do it because he had too much to do so he said i'll tell you what i'll get you all this stuff and tell you how to do it and coach you through building it but you'll have to do it because i just don't have the time and that's was the first rod i built and a year or so later i started building my own catfishing rods and that's about is this was in the in the mid 80s somewhere along in there and um I started building catfishing rods and the tournaments was just didn't start as I knew them, anyhow. And, uh, you know, I'd build a few and then I'd build one for my brother and I'd build one for this guy and this guy. And then pretty soon I started taking orders for them. And that's that's how I started building fishing rods. But it all started out by building a fly rod. Oh,
0: wow. A fly rod. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. What, uh, I, I've, I've, I've seen some stuff on YouTube and watched some videos. What all. I guess, does it take to get into it? But when you started, was it that easy to get into it? I know now there's several companies that basically can provide you with a turnkey setup to do rods. How was it then starting out as far as building custom rods?
1: Well, there was no, uh, there was no lathes. Like, I have three lathes set up now where they are foot-controlled and they have drying motors and turning motors on them and you can, uh, shape cork on them and all kinds of other stuff. But when I started out, they was all hand driven, uh, wooden, uh, fixtures that you put the rod in and you made a deal to hold your, uh, your thread in and you wrapped them all by hand. Uh, my first rod, that bass rod that I mentioned was built on a shoebox um with v's cut in it and to tension the thread uh we piled the thread uh run the thread through uh, a book and then you'd pile more weight on top of the book to get the thread tension right where you want it i built several rods on that before i got my first hand fixture oh wow now i
0: know bass guys are probably the ones that really ramped up all the custom rod stuff when did you start seeing catfish guys Wanting a custom rod, something more specific. But for a long time, it was the Eagle Claw rods and Ugly Stick Catfish mm-hmm. rods. And that was about the closest thing. When did you start to see the catfish world start wanting custom rods?
1: I was selling catfish rods in the late 90s and early 2000s. And once the word got out uh, that you could actually get a better quality product than what was on the market, um, it become it becomes so big. There was two or three guys doing it, uh, along about the time that I had started doing it. Uh, but it, it you had to watch it because you get overwhelmed. And that's the reason why basically we've just almost stopped now because, uh, three years ago at one time I was over a hundred rods behind and you just doing it yourself. Uh, you just can't keep caught up and stay sane that way.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of rods to be working on a lot it, of stuff to it is
1: of. yeah and people get mad and and, and aggravated because you, and you tell them up front you know it's gonna be three four months before i can even look at one well let right. me pay you for it now so i can get my name in the hat yeah you yeah. know it was that big of a deal but some of the quality on some of the new rods has come up quite a bit and uh, you know it's not the same as a custom i'm not saying that but their quality has improved a great deal
0: and that, that brings me to my next point, is that, you know, the, the, the ugly stick rods, the eagle claw rods were, you know, $29, $39. Bucks. Now we've got a lot of catfish rods mm-hmm. on the market. A lot, of, a lot of them are similar. What is – there's an obvious difference just when you pick up, like, an ugly stick and one of the, you know, modern catfish rods. What is the big difference between a uh, – quote-unquote catfish rod, one of the big brand names, and a custom rod. What, what is something, I mean, what is the difference there?
1: Well, for, for the way I do rods, the biggest difference is when you go to um, any store, I don't care what store it is and buy any production rod they have on their shelf, there's a lot of good ones out there. There's some of them that's not quite as good, but they're all made the same every one they may make a million of them and every one of them will be just like the next one the real seats in the same place on every one of them the 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 whatever whether it's cork or eva foam or whatever it is everything's the same length the butt cat's the same they use the same everything is the same on each one of them the difference in that and a custom-built rod is if dieter melhorn wants a 13 inch rear grip i can make it 13 inch if he wants it 15 i can make it 15 If he wants a trigger reel seat, I can put him a trigger reel seat on. If he doesn't want one, he don't get one. If he wants an aluminum reel seat, I can do that. Um, Another thing is each rod is like a person. Each one of them has its own personality. It's called a spine. And these big companies that's making millions of rods and even the ones that's making thousands of rods... They do not have time to spine each rod and make it work the way it's supposed to. And every blank has a spine. Every one. Some of them have two spines. Or b-
0: break that down for the dummies out there
1: like me. What okay. does that mean? What does that mean exactly? It has a hard spot. If you hold it, if you hold the rod uh, a third of the way down on, on your hand or your finger and you spin the tip of it in your hand, it'll always land face up at one spot. That's your spine. Okay, okay. And that's the natural curvature of how that rod will work the best. Now, gotcha. you, can, you can put them guides on anywhere, but it won't work its best, and it, it, it'll it come more near not ever breaking due to that fact, and it won't twist in your hand as bad if it's spined correctly. And like I say, they all have at least one spine. Some of them have two or more, but there'll always be one predominant spine. Gotcha. Uh, now – spinning spinning rods it doesn't make as much difference because you're pulling down on the back of it like a casted rod the guides are up on top so it makes a huge difference that's where you get the twist in them if their spines off okay
0: gotcha gotcha that make that makes better sense now now talk about the blanks a little bit for people that this is my 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 i'll I'll break it down for dummies here that there's basically what they call blanks which is Mm -hmm. literally just a pole with nothing on it and pretty right. much everything on top of that that you see when it's finished whether it be the guide's real seat the color you put on there explain the different types of blanks how many are there if there's a number and
1: how is all that defined broken down tell us about those blanks well the main blanks that you buy these days um are fiberglass um carbon fiber e-glass and graphite now, in my opinion, and I'll get people that balk on this, the carbon fiber blanks, they don't make one heavy enough for catfishing that I will build on because my standards are really high and I won't use any of the carbon fiber blanks that's on the market today for catfish. They're fine for they're fine for bass size stuff and and for crappie and bluegill and stuff like that. but as this point right now, They haven't produced one quality enough for anything for heavy duty. And I, if I can't put my name on it, I won't recommend it. Um, Fiberglass is the most durable. They're fairly lightweight. They've been in the in the industry for a long time, and uh, they're very durable. They last forever. Um, a lot of the major manufacturers that are on the market today will say, well, my banks are e-glass or they're this or that, they're, they're that. Uh, but when they get to me and for repairs, they're fiberglass, period.
0: They, and, and what they is what would be the arguable difference <laughs> between e-glass and fiberglass? Why, why do they call some of them e-glass,
1: e-glass? E-glass has a graphite compound mixed with the fiberglass. Okay. Okay. That's where the E comes from. And those are by far, uh, graphite. I love graphite. A high percentage of my rods now are built on graphite. Uh, in fact, all of our personal rods are graphite these days. But now if you scratch one, if it ever breaks, it'll break where it was scratched. Gotcha. That's just the way graphite is. It it has to be taken care of where E glass and fiberglass, you throw them around, beat them up in a boat and, it doesn't matter. They'll t- they'll take it. You know, they're like a Timex. they They'll take a licking and keep on ticking. Uh, graphite, not so much. You have to take care of those. They, they're a lot more sensitive. They're a lot lighter weight. Uh, there is one other kind of, of thing that people have been uh, led on a wild goose chase on, and that's S-glass. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh,
0: of that. What is that? What's... Well, it
1: come out years ago, and the reason why it went away for a while is because an S-glass rod, S-glass is so heavy that even the saltwater guys didn't want to do it. So now they've come up with these new new S-glass, and what they're doing is they're using such a small amount of the S-composite in those that if you look for it, you probably couldn't find it. There's that little amount in it. So it's a selling point for a lot of these companies. Gotcha. Ask... There's just not there.
0: Let me ask you this. This has been I I've varied my spread up of rods this year. I got several different rods on the boat, and people always ask me which one do I like best. And I, I want to get your take on this because what I have told people is, out of the ones I've tried so far, uh, honestly, they're I ain't gonna say they're all the same, but they're very similar, and there's not it comes down to emotional things like maybe where the real seat is a little bit higher on one than the other, a little bit mm-hmm. lower or something as stupid as you like the color better or <laughs> something yeah. like that. What's your take on what you've seen from all these different rods? Is that an accurate statement in that there's, I ain't going to say there's not any bad ones cause I'm sure there are, but is it fair to say there's a lot of good rods out there in that medium price range that
1: people can get into? Absolutely. Now, if you'd asked me that question five or 10 years ago, I'd have said no. Mm-hmm. But the quality of the production rod industry has grown, has has got so much better in the last 10 years that it's unbelievable. Yeah. They 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 couldn't keep selling them two dollar rod blanks because at one time there was rod blanks on the on the market that some of these guys was using that's selling online. And if I bought 144 of them at a time, I could buy them for three bucks a piece. They were so cheap and so common, I wouldn't have anything to do with them and still won't today. But those guys have got away from those blanks because they got tired of replacing them for free all the time because they was breaking. And it's the same way with the quality of the guides they're using. They've come up in in the quality of guides. But some of these guys do not understand that catfishing guys are hard on equipment. They right. just—they don't take care of a catfish rod like they do a 150 or $200, $300 bass rod or fly rod with inserted guides. Catfish guys don't want inserted guides because they pop out. I don't care what brand they are. I've used them all, tried them all, and I'll put them on there if that's what you want. But a catfish guy wants a stainless guide, one piece, and they don't want no insert, and they want one that won't groove because stainless steel will groove with braid lines. The key to keeping it from, from grooving is to find one that's got heavy chrome plating on them, like the ones we use. They have, they're triple chrome plated. Three times, I've never had one groove. But I have replaced a lot of, of stainless guides that have grooves in them. Interesting. Because, Interesting. because stainless steel itself will groove with braid line. And I've yeah. had guys bring them to me this the, where they was grooved, and I replaced them. And they swear they never used braid line. But yeah. that... Whether that's true or not, I have no way of proving it, but the guys never lied to me about anything else, so I can't right. imagine, yeah, you know. Right.
0: Well, there's only a few of you people out there using braided line anyway, so, I mean, I don't know who they that's would That's what be, they so. say. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, you know, we, we hear a lot, people are, are buy American. You know, I, I want um, uh, American. You know, you need to buy American. It, it's better for the country, better for the economy. And most of us would do that, but when it comes to, fishing rods does anybody even make a blank in this country that you could get i mean just for the record pretty much every rod i use is made in china or Mm -hmm. somewhere in the in asia and that's where the overwhelming vast majority of them come from are there any made in
1: america yes but you have to pay for them and that is probably the big that's the big thing that's the, that's the big thing you know and um the blanks that I use for bumping rods have, have always been American made. And, um, well, let me rephrase that. They wasn't always American made, but the guy that does them for me now, they are American made. Um, I would like to tell you that everything I use American made, but you can, some of the stuff you can't get, right. it's not made in America. Other things, um, that you buy is just so outrageously priced that I can't afford to do it. Nobody else can either. And that's where it runs into it. Um, Because I know what some of these, in fact, I probably know what all of the guys that are selling rods pay for theirs because I've dealt with those companies a lot longer than they have. And there's nothing wrong with them making money. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them making money, but they can't get them produced in the United States for the price they're buying them overseas. They just can't do it. Not even reasonably close. Oh, yeah, and that is that is the
0: thing I've heard, and I just wanted that reinforced from you is that, Absolutely. yeah, you can, you can do it, but nobody wants to pay for it outside of some people who are, you know, willing to pay for something like, you know, what yeah. you build, it being a custom rod, something, you know, I, very specific. There's three
1: major companies in China that produces all the rods that you see. There's more than that, but there's three major ones. Yeah. And for years, them guys have t- been trying to get me to sell rods. Like these other guys do, and that's just not what I do. Now I could have done it 20 years ago, and had a line of production rods and a line of customs. I that, but again, that's just not what I wanted to fool with. I didn't want to fool with. At that time, there was a lot of comebacks with broken guides and uh, broken blanks, and it's, you eat them. You know, right. they don't they don't warn you to you. It, we, when you buy them as cheap as some of these companies do the itch, if it breaks it's yours that you're just out that prize you send a guy another one and i didn't want to fool with that yeah, now, yeah that's, that. i'm not sure these days how these guys handle it they may get them under contracts for stuff i don't know but uh, i just didn't want to involve with that and at the time i was doing more than i needed it or two or wanted to but uh these like i say the the quality of the products that I see produce, mass produce now is way, way greater than it was as much as just as much as 10 years ago. It, it's a lot better. Right. Do you think that we got a
0: lot of catfish rides? Uh, catfish Conference seems like more and more <laughs> of them show up every year. Do you think these guys are putting a hurting on the uh, big guys like Ugly Stick and their infamous catfish ride that they had for no. ever and ever?
1: No. No, they're not hurting them guys at all,
0: which is amazing because there's so many of them out there. You hardly see those used, but you know, it's like I tell people starting out uh-huh. that are wanting to get into catching a catfish. Uh-huh. You know, I tell them to go get one of those ugly sticks first. Go yeah. buy one of those; it's affordable. You may not be doing that. Catfishing may not be for you. If you got somebody that's never done it, it may be more trouble than it's worth to them. Yeah, uh, and I I tell them that a lot of times it's, Get you a cheap rod, buy one, maybe two, see if you like it. And then from there, you've got a whole world uh, into it of stuff that you can buy without getting cost prohibitive
1: and everything else from getting into it. I don't Um, think that uh, that ugly sticks and companies like that will ever go out of business because there's a Walmart on every corner and they all got them in them. And you can stop by if you forgot one on your way to the lake and pick up another one. And, and, you know, if you like it, you're going to buy six or eight of them. And if you don't yep. like it, then you'll graduate up to the better quality stuff. Yep, exactly. Explain this to people, too. You,
0: you'll you have a good grasp on this. As I always tell people that, you know, when you buy these rods, always great to go to Catfish Conference because you've got a lot of rods somewhere, and you don't have to pay shipping. Right. Uh, most of these rods that are out there in the catfish world are not distributed in your, you know, sporting goods stores, the Academies, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's. There's a couple of brands, but not that many. Explain to people what it costs to ship a rod, from the container to the actual cost to ship it.
1: Well, and it depends on where you get everything. Uh, the safest way by far to ship a rod or multiple rods is in PCV tubing. In my area, you can only get Schedule 40. They make the other stuff, which is a lot lighter duty. Um, it's the better to do it because the weight is a factor, but the length is what gets you for shipping. And you can ship six rods uh, in a three inch tube for the same price as you can ship one for. Yeah. You know, if if you're, because if, especially if it's spinning guide or spinning rod, the guides are so big on those that you have to have a three inch tube to fit them in it. So uh, cardboard boxes, you can get the post office in my post office actually recommends that I use their triangle boxes and tape them together because, and, and it's, to be right honest, I, I'll go through, if I'm shipping in PC PVC, uh, I will lose two or three shipments a year, but in cardboard boxes, usually one a year because they take better care of their stuff. It's got their name on it. I believe. But, oh, interesting. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's the gospel. Uh, yeah. now the PCV, Usually, when you have problems with that, is during Christmas time shipping, and they'll get fall off of a, a forklift or a truck, fall out the back door, and they get run over or something. Uh, I've had as many as six of them break, been run over by forklift, and shipped back to me. Um, the U.S. Postal Service is the only company, shipping company that I've ever dealt with that'll actually pay you if they break a rod. Or It doesn't matter what kind of shipment container it's in, whether it's PCB or cardboard box or whatever it is. If it gets broke after they receive it, they'll pay you for it. The rest of them, I've never been paid for anything, no matter how they was broke. Oh, wow. Interesting. Never from from any of the rest of them.
0: Is there anything technology-wise that can change the game in fishing rods, either on the horizon or that has to come in cost-wise before it's going to happen? Is there anything out there? Uh, yes. Are...
1: Yeah, there's some new guides that's coming out uh, probably within the year. Of course, with all this illness stuff we got going on, this may slow some of this down a little bit, but they, there's some new guides that's coming out I'm really excited about um, that will have a insert in them, but they tell me you can stand on them and they won't pop out. And, and if that actually happens, I'll be really interested because for a lot of guys, me especially – any way that I can save weight on a rod is makes it better. Weight is what makes is your that's that's the the hardest thing to to tell people. The lighter you get them to do the same job, the better off you are. Um, that was the problem. That's why e uh, glass s glass as a whole never worked because in the beginning it's just so heavy they just wouldn't you just couldn't sell them. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but graphite and, and stuff like that have become so much. There, there's some new blank material that's coming out. I don't know how soon they'll have that uh, produced. I have had one shipped to me to try, and it didn't, didn't work for me. Um, so I didn't give it a very good review on it. Um, but there is some new materials coming out for blanks, but there is some new guides that's coming out, and there's a lot of new real seats in coming out. One of the problems that I have with real seats is I only use Fuji, because the nuts don't back out on them. They don't crack. They don't break. You know, they don't separate. And some of the others do. Um, so I use those. But I, I use American Tackle when I'm doing aluminum, usually, or Pack Bay. And they both work really well. But, again, the aluminum adds, if you're using Fuji, you're, you'll you never break one. And why have the aluminum weight to a rod unless somebody just wants it for appearance, which is a lot of the times why they put them on there. Because they just cost so much more and they weigh so much more. But there's, there's a lot of new stuff coming down the pipe. Um, with Like I say, right now, I can't tell you when it'll be out. I've known about it for a while, but uh, with all this illness, sickness, corona stuff going on, I don't know how long it'll be now because a lot of these major companies are shut completely down. and it, Even if it ended today, it's going to take them a long time to get rolling again. Well, there you go,
0: folks. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you got some good information out of it. Like I said, I'm going to try to do more of these. Every time I get to talking to these people, I learn something and find something new and I'm going, wow, I need to do more of them. So thanks to Lyle for taking the time to do this. Make sure you check out Catfish Weekly on YouTube on Monday night at eight o'clock. Usually I'm over in the chat section on the side. So if you see me in there, say hello. And uh, that's it for now. Uh, We'll catch you guys out on the water.